Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I am your co-host, Yo-Yo Justin. And I'm Sydney. Uh, wait, what What did you say your name was, Justin? Uh, my name is Yo-Yo Justin McElroy. Yeah, I, wait. Yeah. Well. Wh- okay, when did the when did Yo-Yo Justin well, McElroy become a thing? The thing is, Sid, I've been feeling like I don't have enough of like a personal brand. Like I've been trying to build my personal brand. That's kind of the arc of my life. I think it's podcasting, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm trying to build a personal brand. And like I wanted to identify myself. Like I wanted to get so deeply into something or good at something that people would come to think of me by that thing. So like, you know how like we've got friends like Star Wars Greg and... Go ahead. And, who, who are other friends who have names like this? <laughs> uh, Wedgwood Dishware Mike. Uh-huh. And... Uh, you know, Blinko Glass, Bob. So we have all those friends. And, and Drinky Joe. And Drinky Joe, the Joe who loves drinking. Joe's just an alcoholic. <laughs> um, so I kind of want, I thought like, well, what could I build my brand around? And it could be that I'm like sick at yo-yo or practicing trying to get good at yo-yo. So like yo-yo Justin. Okay. Well, two things. Would you consider yourself sick at yo-yo? Not yet, but I, I have uh, high hopes. If I feel like if I name my, if I rebrand myself as yo-yo Justin, I'm going to have to get good, right? Right. Okay. Like you're stuck with it I'm then. I'm stuck with it. Do you think that was the best name? Yo-yo Justin. Like that might be confusing because what if somebody's trying to get your attention? They just say yo-yo-yo Justin. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that is Don't you awful. think that'll be confusing that after is, a while? I don't have a lot of people trying to get my attention by saying yo but I do see how that could be uh, an issue. I am going to start doing that now. Fair enough. So it's a problem for you. It's important, Sid. Did, you got to have a brand. You got to build your brand that way. Did you consider anything else other nope. than yo-yo? Nope. No. Uh, I thought about karate, Justin, but don't know any of that. Um, and I thought about TV, Justin, because I'm already pretty good at that. Right. You watch a lot of TV. So like, I thought I'd be good at that, but like, mm-hmm. I, that doesn't have the same drama as yo-yo, Justin. Nobody's going to say, hey, can I see you watch TV? But they might say, hey, can I see some yo-yo tricks? Well, um, good luck with that Thank endeavor. You. I'm, Thank you. I'm, I don't know that I support it. But, you know, instead of yo-yo, if you had wanted to, you could have maybe picked like a, a disease to name yourself after. Uh, like um, IBS Justin. <laughs> IBS Justin. Mild cat. Irritable, irritable bowel syndrome Justin. I M- think that's actually perfect. Mild cat allergy Justin. It's not that great. That, there's not a great ring to it. I think you need something a little more devastating before you get to 
you yeah. know, like a bigger disease. Okay. Like, you know, like typhoid Mary. Generalized anxiety disorder, Justin. How's that? Okay. That's well, good, but like some days I'm not in that vibe. You know what I mean? Right. I, today I'm just on like a groovy, like sunset, super <laughs> chill vibe. So I don't want, if I introduce myself like that, people are going to expect me to be be more anxious than I may feel like that day. I can't have that success. I, I also don't know how people, like, what if you tell somebody like that at the bank? Like, and what's your name, sir? General anxiety disorder, Justin. How are they going to, I mean, they're going to want to be comforting. Like, I'm going to have to short. Is there something I can, there something I can do? do? Can I help you out? And then like, you don't want to have that conversation with the guy at the bank. To something hotter, like GAD, maybe like Gaddy J. <laughs> there, you're Gaddy J now. Oh, I don't like that's that your thing now. No. Nope, that's it. What? Too late. You came up with it. Okay, so who's better than that? What's better than IBS, Justin? Well, like I said, Typhoid Mary. Oh, right, Typhoid Mary. <laughs> Do you know anything about Typhoid Mary? She loved Typhoid. No, nope, nope. that's wrong. No, no not, did not, not love correct. Typhoid. No, super into Typhoid. Oh, you've probably heard of Typhoid Mary. You've probably yeah. heard the, and in general, I think that's become like um. A, a, like a term we use for people yeah like you're a real typhoid mary if you're you know getting, getting colds and giving them giving to, to people. people got it you're spreading yeah. disease um but a lot of people don't know the whole story behind mary and uh so i thought we would talk about that okay. and i'll give you a little background on typhoid too great a lot of people want us to talk about this okay so i'm going to tell you all their names now love crowd pleasing Yes, remember all these people. Daniel, Cassie, Emma, Grace, Todd, George, and Vanessa. Thank you. Thank you. For all of you recommending typhoid fever and or typhoid Mary, one of the two. And now we'll talk about them. Okay. <laughs> Are Commencing you words now. <laughs> so, it's 430 BC. No, it's not. Shh, this is the fantasy. Oh, you're whisking me away. Okay. Yeah. We're in Athens, Greece. Okay. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? Everybody. In Athens, there's all the columns. To your right, there's the first pita pit that was ever <laughs> open. The food here is delicious. Everybody's in togas. It's great. Sandals are beautiful. Um, it's the second year of the Peloponnesian War. Oh. It's a little less. A little less picturesque, but okay. Yeah. And now a devastating plague has hit the city. Oh, Maybe we don't want to imagine this. I don't want to get whisked away anymore. I want to no. whisk back home. So this was a big war. If all you historians know, this was a big, important war, the Peloponnesian War, and it forever changed the the kind of the landscape of Greece as a result. It's between Athens and Sparta. Who like there are lots of TV shows about this kind of mm-hmm. thing, right? This this period, um, the the Athenians were kind of living in in not the greatest conditions. They were all like crowded along the long city walls um, while the war was going on, and so it was like the perfect setup for people to get sick, right? People living in tents and crammed together. Sanitation was poor. Uh, everybody got really sick, pretty much. Um, this this plague, whatever the the plague of Athens was. Um, devastated the Athenians and largely contributed to them losing the war. Not the only factor, but largely contributed. About 25% of the city died. Now, this is a great opening for typhoid fever if we, in fact, knew that this was typhoid fever. But we actually don't. (laughs) But I just thought it was a really dramatic opening. It is a dramatic. We think maybe it was typhoid. There was an argument that it was typhus. Some people thought it was the plague. Um, And then there was like this DNA study done where they like found this teeth pulp. It's calling it that grosses me out. Ugh. 
What is yeah, that? They studied the DNA from like the inside of your teeth. Oh, like I hate this. I know, I, hate I know. This. Isn't that uncomfortable? But they went back and they found teeth and they extracted the pulp and they studied the DNA and they said, oh, we see typhoid. And so they were like, this, it must have been typhoid. But then a lot of people got upset about that. There are a lot of people with strong opinions about what the, <laughs> the plague of Athens was. Many more than you think. Yes. Than you would assume. This is a big, I am not wandering into this quagmire. I'm just saying maybe it was typhoid. I don't know. Uh, it may have killed everybody in Jamestown, Virginia. Maybe. The maybe. Early settlement. maybe. We don't, we're not sure about that. We know for sure it killed a lot of people in the Civil War and the Spanish-American War. Mm-hmm. We're very certain about that. Um, but typhoid fever really makes a name for itself in the 1800s. Uh, and I'm going to tell you about that. But first, do you know anything about typhoid? Not the first thing. Most people don't. Could you even like name a symptom? No. Yeah. I, I found that. Most people don't know much about ty- uh, typhoid. It's caused by salmonella enterica cerevar typhi or just salmonella typhi is what we tend to call it that's okay. probably what you know by right salmonella that's typhi. what i call it by but we're close so um which you probably recognize salmonella yeah that's the one from raw chicken right and turtles it's the one that is so like you can't l- have a pet little, turtle like in all the lysol commercials it's like little squiggly little monsters that are cruising around <laughs> on your counter after everybody is prepping raw chicken on their counters yeah. all the time stop it just like use a cutting board or a use plate a cutting or something. Board or a plate or something. Uh, so it's a bacterial infection. It's transmitted through my favorite route, the fecal oral route. Oh yeah, that's the best route. The party highway, we call it. <laughs> I mean, it goes in through your mouth and comes out your butt and goes into somebody else's mouth. So don't think about that too much. That is a, that that cycles up way more unbroken than it should be, huh? <laughs> Um, it once it gets in, I think that'd be a dead end road, but no, it's like a <laughs> clover leaf with exits everywhere. Humans are bad at hygiene. Bad. It so once it gets in through the oral route, it adheres to the the cells in your ileum, which is part of your small intestine. So it kind of clings to those cells. Those are and, little hairs, right? That stick down and or is that the cilia? I'm thinking of yeah, cilia. Yeah, no. sorry, <laughs> that's okay. Okay, we're talking about your small intestine. I'll get them next time. Um, so it gets it gets into the cells and the lining of your intestines and it gets passed through your bloodstream, your lymphatic system, it's in your liver, your spleen, and it can get stored in your gallbladder, which is important because you can carry it around in your gallbladder even if you don't have symptoms. Okay. But it's still like coming out, like your butt. Of the butt. Right. It's still it's still the fecal part of this root is still happening. Um, now, if it does make you sick, which most people are going to get sick with it, you're probably going to have some symptoms that are, are kind of nonspecific. You're going to get a fever. You can get a really high fever. Um, you can get abdominal pain. You can feel really weak, headachey, a loss of appetite. One weird thing is that with your fever, your heart rate will actually go down. You get this weird bradycardia with a fever, which weird. is unusual. Usually your heart rate goes up when you have a fever, but it goes down. Blood, so, anyway. pump, blood pumping. Your face gets all red. Mm-hmm. And your, you and your, you think your face gets, still gets red? With? This, I don't, this special yeah. fever? Yeah. Okay. With a special fever? Yeah, I think probably. Oh. You can get a rash. Uh, not everybody does, but it's like a flat, rose-colored, spotty rash. And you can get um, constipation, or some people had diarrhea, but not typically. Mm-hmm. So really nonspecific. So some people wouldn't have even known they had it necessarily, unless you got really, really sick with it, and then some people can even die. Up so to 30% people, can die. So some people just caught it really hard. Yeah, some people got it worse. And like I said, it, you know, it, untreated, there is a significant percentage of people who can die from it. Um, and this is still a problem, as we'll talk about. But in the 1800s, typhoid was already pretty well known in the sense that there would be outbreaks. A lot of people would get sick. 
some people would die and then it would disappear for a while. Um, in the 1800s, we actually figured out pretty quickly, like, we isolated the bacteria, we knew it had something to do with food and water, we didn't completely understand how it was getting passed from person to person, but we knew it was food and water. Um, by 1896, we had a vaccine. Oh, nice. Which wow. is pretty cool. Yes. Um, it, it's not, it continues to not be 100% effective. Oh. And of course, not everybody was on board with getting it Did I get it? Yeah, you did. Oh, good. Remember when we went to Honduras? That's right. Okay, so I did get it. Not everybody would have it, but I got it. No, no, not everybody gets the typhoid vaccine, um, but we have had it. Um, But uh, like I said, initially people were a little resistant, like, why do we need this? Uh, The main way of dealing with it was isolation and quarantine. You find an outbreak and everybody like freaks out and runs away from people and it's awful and stigmatized, which is a great way to lead us into poor Mary Malone, Mary Malone. And then along comes Mary Malin. Malin. <laughs> so, in 1906, like I said, we already knew about typhoid. We already had a vaccine against typhoid. Um, but it was thought in the U.S. that people who got typhoid were probably people who were kind of dirty. Lesser. Yes. Like, they didn't have good sanitation. They, um, I mean, you knew it had something to do with, like, bathroom activities. Mm-hmm. Most See? of these things do. Yes. Um, And nobody's immune to that, guys. We all go to the bathroom. Deal with it. Everybody poops. So uh, it it was unusual to see an illness like this among people such as the Warrens. The Warren family was very well-to-do. Oh, okay. Yes, they they were. I assume that through context clues, but I'm happy to hear it reinforced. (laughs) Well, you you looked kind of concerned, like clueless. You looked like you didn't know what was going on. I keep that look all the time. It's my natural defense mechanism. Okay, just so. People never see it come like the asp. Like that, like that, like that dumb-looking asp sliding through the grass until you least suspect him. Does the asp look dumb? A dumb-looking asp does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sydney, try to keep up. <laughs> I know your forte isn't nature, but. So I already told you the Warren family was well-to-do. If you didn't know that, you would know from. S- what's that? <laughs> it's it's that. It's a dumb-looking asp. I know it is. Well, he, he doesn't mean me any harm. Ka-snap! Is that how snakes sound when they bite you? Ka-snap! Dumb-looking asp, too. We're going to have to cover snake bites at some point. <clears throat> um, so, if you didn't already know that they were Tony, you would, from the next sentence, they were summering somewhere. If you could oh, just summer well, somewhere, oh you know what to do, right? I've never summered anywhere. I would like to. Uh, so they were summering uh, that year at Oyster Bay in Long Island, uh, and they had taken along, this family had taken along their cook that they had hired, Mary Mallon. Mm-hmm. So it's pleasant. They're at the seashore. You know, yeah. Mary Mallon is an expert at making peach ice cream. Oh. Sounds not, delicious, doesn't nice. it? Sitting next to the Sitting next to the beach, eating your peach ice cream, letting the waves roll in. Um, but then by August, something had gone awry. Oh, no. One of the Warren daughters had become ill. Uh, what she have? Typhoid. Good, good guess. Crushed it. <laughs> Great job. Uh, first she gets sick, and then Mrs. Warren gets sick, and then two of the maids get sick. Oh no! And then a gardener gets sick, and then another daughter gets sick. All in all, out of the eleven people there at the summer home, six people were sick. They had to bring their gardener with them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's uh, just That's some crazy summering. Maybe it was just... That's not roughing it. Like the properties gardener. Okay, maybe, yeah. But we're going to guess that. Because um, the, 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 the home they were staying in was owned by another family, the Thompsons, which I only mentioned because 
uh, they got really into this really quickly because at the time, if your home was known to be, you know, infected with typhoid, you were probably not going to have a lot of luck renting it again. Right. You know, like, hey, we have this lovely seaside cottage, three bedrooms, two and a half baths. A million bajillion typhoids. A little over half of people that lived here got typhoid. It's like, you, that's why you see those signs in the hotel, like, no smoking, no typhoid, please. <laughs> please, no I'd typhoid. Like a no typhoid room, please. So the Thompsons immediately, when they found out about the Warrens' illness, hired an investigator to try to figure out, okay... We, you know, we know that this can be spread something, food and water. Somehow this is this is a wealthy family. So we got to get all over this when rich people get sick. Was now Sherlock, you know it's a problem. Was Sherlock Holmes still kicking around during this time? Because that, that would be cool if they hired him. It'd be a cool little story I, I could write. Sell well, somebody. Well, we're in the we're in Long Island. He caught, took a boat. <laughs> he took a boat. So this is a, a history where Sherlock Holmes takes a boat. Took a boat. America. Stateside. Okay. Right. To break this typhoid case sure. wide open. So they hired Sherlock Holmes to figure out the source of the typhoid outbreak. And he now was, this episode's getting good. He See, was, a lot of times your episodes <laughs> just need a little juice. And that is another way of referring to myself. I I just need to inject them with a little bit of, um, just hype them up a little bit. Well, he was unsuccessful. Uh, impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. The, once the game's afoot, he always gets his man. Well, he doesn't. I don't. I don't want to give Sherlock Holmes credit for this because there was a real person who really figured it out. Okay. Uh, George John Watson. No. No. <laughs> Classic twist. George Soper. You can write a book about him. Not okay. That's fine. It's not like <laughs> a mm, doesn't have the same ring, but we'll try it. So maybe I'll maybe I'll patch it. Maybe I'll uh, I'll punch his name up in in the transition into fiction. So George Soper was like a, a civil engineer. I George, believe, it's who, actually George George Danger. Okay, George Danger Soper. <laughs> <laughs> George Danger Soper uh, was contacted by the Thompsons because he had traced some outbreaks before, and so they were like, "Hey, can you help us? Because we our summer home has been <laughs> we've been trying to rent it for the last six months. We've had no no uh, luck." So he starts investigating. But he's worried about going. They're worried about him coming. They're like. Be careful. It's very dangerous. And then do you know what he says? What, go ahead. You tell says, me. I'm not afraid about it. <laughs> That's what he says? Yeah. That's what George Danger Soper says. Yeah. In response to it's be careful, be- it's dangerous. Yeah. I bet you thought I was going to say danger is my middle name, but what kind of hack do you think <laughs> I am? I... I'm sorry I underestimated you. Thank you. Okay. okay proceed. All right. So by this time, uh, when George Danger Soper is investigating, Mary had already moved on to other employment. She'd already, uh, I mean, uh, all these people were sick. She had nobody to cook for. Nobody was very hungry. They had typhoid. So uh, he began to research her. Um, so the so Mary Mallon had immigrated from Ireland around 1885 or so, uh, and pretty much had worked for a domestic servant since she'd been in the U.S. as a domestic servant. Mainly as a cook, she had a knack for it, and you got paid more to be a cook. Mm-hmm. So if you were good at it, it was a, it was a good job to had to have. He figured out that since 1900, which is as far back as he could trace her employment, she had worked at seven different homes and facilities, and all in all, 22 people had become sick between those places um, with something that sounded like typhoid. Uh, one young girl had even died. Now wait a minute. You said earlier that like 30 percent of people died. That, that I, I don't understand how one out of 22 died. Well, 
these are probably just people that he figured out. Well, you know what? Also, I guess the, when you quoted that stat, it was mm-hmm. in regards to to Athens, where we had like basically no medical. You know, and, and let me a, say, uh, up to thirty percent. I think like the stats are like ten to thirty percent. Well, and I would have to assume there are different strains, right? Yeah, and it depends on. I mean, the outbreaks are different. It depends on if there's immunity already. Like typhoid is endemic in some areas, mm-hmm. so like people may have like a low level immunity to it all the time and and i mean these were during these were times when a lot of people were getting exposed to typhoid so gotcha yeah different place different time and i mean who knows how great his investigation was it's not like we had the kind of records we have today sure now if you get typhoid you need to report it to the health department that wasn't always the case Mm -hmm. um only one that he that he figured out had died um so he starts worrying that there's something up with this mary mallon now at this point the idea that she would be healthy and be giving people typhoid was not really well understood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's kind of just, he's working on like instinct here. Mm-hmm. Good old George Danger Soper. So he starts tracking Mary down. He finds her working at another home, uh, I guess serving more people typhoid ridden peach ice cream. And he basically corners her in the kitchen. Well, he doesn't corner her. He, he approaches her. You get the impression from reading about him that he really is just like it's in the spirit of scientific inquiry. He's doing his job. He finds her and he's like, hey, you don't know me. I'm f- I'm working for a family who's trying to figure out who started a typhoid outbreak. And I'd like you to give me samples of your blood and poop, please. And she was like, uh, no, thank you. Yeah. So you can imagine that she was not pleased with this. Um and she chased him out of the kitchen with a carving fork. Okay. So perfectly rational response. He brought a friend along. He had a, a like a co-investigator. He was like, hey, I'm going to try to talk to this woman again. I'm going to go by her house. Will you come with me? Because they thought that would work out better. So this woman is alone at her home and two men show up at her door and start demanding that she poop in a cup. Mm-hmm. Like that's going to go over well. So she basically chased them off screaming and cursing at them again. Uh, and that's when George Danger Soper decided this had gone a little above his pay grade. And he called the health department and was like, hey, listen, you're going to have to deal with this. I am not talking to this crazy lady again. That doesn't sound like George Danger Soper. I know, but that's fine. What, so what happened next, Sid? Well, I'm going to tell you the next chapter of this thrilling Sherlock Holmes story. <laughs> but first, follow me to the billing department. Let's go. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I'm eating filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. 
get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So, what's next for Typhoid Mary? So, going on with Typhoid Mary, uh, at this point, she scared off George Danger Soper twice, um, and he has turned her over to the health department. So, the health department uh, enlists Dr. Josephine Baker to go try and, and reason with her. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the... My theory is that the rationale is she's a woman. Sure. That's what my thought She'll get is. she to her. Yeah. So, let's... Woman to woman, let's talk about your typhoid. So, she... She shows up at her house and, again, tries to talk with her, and Mary's not having any of it. At this point, she gets the, like, I don't know who these weirdos are, but they're accusing me of being sick, and I'm clearly not. Right. So I feel great. So Dr. Josephine Baker uh, leaves and comes back with five cops and an ambulance. So this time, Mary's ready for her. Mm-hmm. So as uh, Baker approaches the door, Mary lunges at her with a kitchen fork, does not injure her. Um, but then takes off. And there's some confusion at first as everybody's kind of stumbling around and, and Mary Mallon is, is running. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they start searching her house and they can't find her. So they're looking all over her home. Um, and then they notice in the backyard footsteps, footprints, footprints going to a chair up against a fence. You can't make this stuff up. Yeah, this is wild. So they follow the footprints. We don't get a lot of these moment to moment accounts in Sawbones. This is I really appreciate this. Is this too much? No, like you just <laughs> like you don't get a lot of like I don't know colorful situations that are richly detailed. There's a lot of like, and then for fifty years everybody died. <laughs> well, I'm trying. I appreciate it. I'm trying to mix it up for you, keep you interested. Yeah. So they uh, so they follow the footprints to the chair. Uh, they climb over the fence, and there's uh, another house, another property right there. So they start searching that property, too. All in all, it takes them five hours of searching, which I can't imagine these were too big yeah. areas. You know, I mean, she was working as How a cook. Like, she wasn't all? paid that much. So 
so it takes them forever and they finally note that they see sticking out of a of a little closet under a stairs I, I imagine it's kind of the closet that harry potter sure stayed in like if harry that potter had typhoid right then the, then that's why he was in the closet under the stairs um however he did not wear blue calico apparently mary mallon did can't play <laughs> the dursleys for that one kids got typhoid <laughs> they, i don't care how magic he is he can be magic as anything let's keep him under the keep stairs. Him under the stairs he's got typhoid so they see a little piece of blue co- cloth um underneath the closet door they open the closet door she comes out kicking screaming uh, cursing a blue streak doing everything she can to fight these police officers um but they managed to get her in an ambulance uh, dr baker would rather de- would later describe it as she was a caged lion in the back of the ambulance just screaming and yelling and throwing a fit um they take her to the hospital they force her to give blood and stool samples oh cool job yeah hey michael what's my cool job well my cool job is i get to get a stool sample from a lady who's trying to kill me that's a cool afternoon <laughs> that's a fun that's, that's really a no yeah. that's really a kobayashi maru there huh that sounds no like a, a great job for the medical student yeah I'm kidding. Um, so they take blood and stool samples, and this confirms their suspicion. They f- they do find the typhoid uh, bacteria in her stool. Mm-hmm. So they send her to North Brother Island, which is an island, I think, like up in the Bronx. Okay. Uh, and to an isolated part of a, a hospital, Riverside Hospital, for quarantine. Excellent. And say, just go there and stay. That's where you live now, Mary Mallon. Perfect. On this island. Uh, she, they basically had no end in sight. There was no plan. It's not, they didn't understand, like, why are you healthy, but you're giving people this bacteria? We don't really understand. They didn't explain this to her either. They took some samples, they saw the bacteria, and they shipped her off for quarantine. Never explaining to her why in the world, I mean, because at this point, why would she think she had typhoid? She was healthy. Right. So she gets mad about it. And in 1909, she actually sues the health department. This whole time, they were making her send samples to the health department to be analyzed. So over over the course of time, she'd been there so far, 163 samples that she'd sent. Of those, 120 were positive, um, which is just probably indicative of that she wasn't constantly shedding the bacteria, and sometimes they missed it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but she was having her own doctors run samples on the island, and they said they were all negative. I can't really explain the discrepancy, but either way, she gets mad. She says, I don't even have this. They're keeping me here, and these doctors are telling me I don't have it. So she sues the health department, and the health department wins. Yeah. So she's still stuck there. Okay. Until the following year, when a new health commissioner takes over, and he takes some pity on her. And I will say at this point, she was well-known in the media. She was called Typhoid Mary. They, it was all over the newspapers, like they had already dubbed her this um, and and had made cartoons about her. And, you know, sure. she was this this figure of ridicule. But some public sentiment had started to turn in her favor. There were some people who were starting to sympathize with her and say, like, at least let the lady off the island. Why sure. does she have to let, you know, she's healthy. She, she's she fine. didn't Why commit are you? crime. No, she didn't mean to. She didn't know what she was doing. So in 1910, the new health commissioner takes pity on her and allows her to go free. But he says, this is your contingency. You can't work as a cook, okay? Let's just be rational. You can't make food for people. Got it. So, Miss Mary Mallon goes on her way. And then in 1915, there's another outbreak of typhoid. This is at Sloan Maternity Hospital in Manhattan. 25 people become sick and two of them die. Oh, no. So they go to investigate what's going on at this hospital to try to figure out where it's coming from. And they find a, a cook 
named Mary Brown, who looks suspiciously similar to Mary Mallon, who was not supposed to be cooking for anyone ever again. Uh, that's all she knows, though. Cut her some slack. So why did why did Mary go back to cooking? Um, who knows? Part of it is probably she didn't really understand why she wasn't supposed to. She still didn't believe that she had whatever they told her she had. Right. She didn't. She claimed she never had typhoid to begin with. So why would she think she had it? Um, she also probably made a lot more money as a cook than as a, another domestic servant. So it was a better living. Um, when they captured her at this point, the public took no pity on her. Everybody pretty much made her a, a figure of ridicule and she was ostracized. She was sent back to North Brother Island and she lived the remainder of her 23 years that's quarantined sad. on this island. I know that she, she <clears throat> made, listen, she made some mistakes, but that's still, I, th- I still think that's sad. Well, it's interesting because in general, we kind of look back on Typhoid Mary as like a, as like a bad guy because she she had this and then she went and worked again and, and people died. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be fair, if I could be a typhoid Mary sympathizer for a second, uh, she didn't understand because nobody ever tried to explain it to her. And it, there weren't really a lot of healthier carriers known. Now, after they found her, they started researching this. They started looking for other people who were carriers, but were healthy. And by the time she died, they'd found 400 other people who were also just healthy people who carried typhoid. So here's my question about this that's that's confusing to me that maybe you can help me clear up. The she is a healthy carrier, right? So yes. she can infect other people with typhoid. Yes. If I were to get typhoid in this time period and then get through it, I would no longer be contagious after that time period, correct? Most likely, yes. So so why was her body sort of like in this state of Some people just do. Some people it lives in their gallbladder. It just kind of takes up takes up residence there, colonizes them, and then it's there for good. Hmm. Uh, there was actually, they tried at one point to force her to have her gallbladder removed, theorizing that that may fix this. Mm-hmm. Uh, she refused because, yeah. again, they didn't explain. They just said, hey, we want you to have a surgery too. Right. And she said no. But um, so some people did become healthy carriers. Most didn't. Most would just clear it and be done with it. Um, but I should make note, other people were quarantined when they were found to be healthy carriers, were only kept for a couple of weeks and let go. There was even one guy who owned a restaurant and baked who was told to stop doing this if he, uh, in order to, you know, because he was found to be a healthy carrier. And he basically just said like, yeah, I won't do it anymore. And they didn't even like follow up on that. So it's not like she was the only one. Mm-hmm. She was just the only one who was treated this way. Um. Nowadays, typhoid is still around. There's not as many cases in the U.S., uh, usually just returning travelers, people mm-hmm. who've been to parts of the developing world where we, see, where we still see a lot of ty- typhoid, up to 21.5 million cases a year. There is a vaccine. It's not 100% effective, though. You didn't tell me that. It's not. Uh, <laughs> so there's the <laughs> pill. You can get left. a vaccine pill or you can get a shot either way. Um, antibiotics can treat it. Uh, but the best thing to do is when you're traveling, be careful about your food and water. Make sure that, you know, you boil it or it comes from a bottle or that, you know, you know, if you, if you're getting food that you're rinsing it in water, that's clean and like fruits and vegetables, that kind of thing. Um, one thing though, there is a drug resistant strain of typhoid out there now. Great. Excellent. that's, That's horrifying. Okay, good. Sorry. I don't have like a silver lining to that. 
So I'm back to being... Sanitation. Wash your hands. Okay. want to say a big thanks to the Maximum Fun Network for having us as part of their uh, a family of podcasts. You can hear a lot of uh, uh, other programs that I guarantee you will like. Check out Ono, Ross, and Carrie. It's a, it's a, a couple of uh, great folks who investigate uh, uh, everything from cults to weird treatments to uh, everything. If you like Sawbones, I bet you will like Ono, Ross, and Carrie. That, that is my promise to you, the viewer, or the listener. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of great shows on the network to check out, so make sure you do that. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Sawbones. I'm at Justin McElroy. And I'm at Sydney McElroy. That's S-Y-D-N-E-E. Thanks to Taxpayers for letting us use their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. Hey, we're going to be coming to uh, Vancouver and Seattle in the, the end of August. If you want to get tickets to see us with my brother, my brother, and me, you can go to uh, bit.ly forward slash mbmbam Seattle or bit.ly forward slash van mbmbam. Now, those are reserved seats. So uh, if you want to go to those shows, make sure you do that right this second. And I think it's going to do it for us, Sidster. I think so. Thank uh, you, Justin. Thank you. Uh, uh, yo, yo, Justin. Yeah, yo, 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 Justin. Uh, until next Wednesday when we have another uh, topic to talk about. I am Yo Yo Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. <laughs> and as always, don't drill a hole in your head. All right. Yeah. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.